0: going. I've got a lot to say. Not a lot of games I care about, but I got a lot to say on those few games that I do care about. All right, gentlemen. Welcome to week 8 of the Take the Points College Football Podcast. I'm Tom in Connecticut. I'm here with Dan and Ryan in Phoenix, Arizona. Before we start talking about football, gentlemen, very important music news. Spotify getting to a billion streams. Not many have done it. You know, you're Justin Timberlake's, you're Justin Bieber's, but there's a new entry in the one billion streams. Last Resort by Papa Roach, now one of the most popular songs of all time. Your thoughts, Dan?
1: We're going on 25 years of consistent roach at this point. And if it's one thing you know about cockroaches is that they are hard to kill. And if there's a nuclear war, they will survive it. As will Papa Roach's Last Resort, uh, the song is still as popular as it was in '98. Like at work, I mean, I, I'm, I'm surrounded by a lot of twenty-somethings, and they all know that song. And I'm like, "You were three when this came out." And they're like, "Oh no, we we all know Papa Roach. They're they're absolute legends of the classic rock game." I'm like, "Oh God, now you have it all fucked up." At but, the um, at the coffee
0: know. place I go to um, at work. Like, um, it's, you know, all people probably I'm guessing in their early twenties and the most common shirts are, uh, corn and slipknot shirts by the staff members there. So new metals back, baby. We called it first. We've been on this for about three years. All right, let's get into football because we have so much to talk about and I'm very excited about maybe three games, but I've got about 25 minutes to do on those three games. The rest I'm going to leave to you guys. So Let's start with a recap. We always start with Dan's recap of the previous week. And Dan, we're not going to waste any time. We're going straight to the big one. UW versus Oregon. We got Michael Penix not only leading a comeback, but freestyle rapping on the sidelines when they're down. Is Penix the coolest person in college football in addition to being the Heisman finalist?
1: Pick the points isn't always right, but we've been right about Pennix for years. We're right about Washington. Um, they actually opened up at 100-1 to to win the national title in January, and we definitely should have bet that. Um, what a performance by Washington. Uh, Jalen McMillan, their 1A wide receiver, gets re-injured the first drive of the game, and he's out for the game. Pennix clearly got injured in the third quarter. Um, Washington was up 11 and had the ball, and he took that rib shot. If he doesn't get hurt and McMillan plays, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think Washington wins that game by 14 points. Um, Going forward, obviously, Penix and McMillan both need to be healthy for Washington to try to run this table. Um, But what an amazing game. That's what college football is all about, back and forth. Oregon's really talented, uh, really impressed with their running back, uh, Irving. Um, Bonex played a solid game. He missed a couple throws. <clears throat> Dan Lanning rolled the dice one too many times. Um, just epic. And as soon as Washington got the ball back there with a minute, what, 40 to go, like, there was a 100% chance they were going to score a touchdown. Like, I, I, was, I was at Ryan's watching the game and, like, watching their offense, I have, like, the same level of confidence as when, like, Clemson was super good with Watson and like Renfro or whoever that was back then. Like I just knew that they were going to score so fast. And Roma Dune man, what a fucking stud he is. And uh, we'll see him in the league. And uh, so proud of the Huskies. People actually giving them credit now nationally. Penix is minus 150 to win the Heisman today, which is so crazy.
0: Uh, Um, Unbelievable. Now I actually think, it's almost worth betting on a few other guys. He's so overvalued yeah, I know. now.
1: Now I think if um, Jordan Travis at twelve to one's probably a pretty good bet because they could run the table if Washington loses. Um, go Huskies! Uh, basketball and football, and uh, really proud of this team. And I love Kalen and um, happy for them, and. Can't wait to see them actually in the Big Ten next year. Like, it's going to be great when it's like Penn State at Washington. Like, this is fucking great. So much better than Indiana, Washington, and Washington Cal. Like, this is going to be phenomenal. Um, We
0: got Penn State at USC in 2024. Basically, you get a Rose Bowl in Mm -hmm. October.
1: And I think Washington's at Penn State next year, too, which is crazy. Yeah, it's, so, it's hard to
0: remember, but I mean, every team, endless, you know, Penn state, Michigan and Ohio state, they're the big three and everybody else in the big 10 this year is a major, major step down. So you basically get three big games. You're going to have five or six big games per team. Every team is going to play five or six major games next year. So, and your minor games are like Purdue, Iowa, you know, teams you still have to show up for maybe not great teams. Dan disagrees with that, but like, you know, a team like Maryland, you actually have to show up and beat them. You can't just mail it in the way you can against UMass, for example. So, you know, it's, it's now like the SEC. You got to be there every week. You got to be on your a game most weeks if you want to win. And um, yeah, every week is a potential landmine might be great. You know, we talked about some of my concerns last week about it, Um, You know, a three loss national champion and things like that that I wouldn't like, but we'll give it a shot. The playoff era has worked out pretty well, so let's keep rolling. Absolutely. All right, Ryan, what Uh, what are your takeaways? Oh, Dan, one more thing. Go ahead.
1: No, sorry. Uh, uh, There's some other great games. Ryan can talk about whatever. I do want to tip my cap to coach Pat Narduzzi and the Pitt Panthers for beating undefeated Louisville by 17 points. Who would have seen that coming? All three of us with Pitt Moneyline <laughs> as the pick last week. Very good job. We've been paying attention to Pitt with a with a close eye the past five years or so, and it's finally paying off. I fully expect him to lose this week. We'll talk about that later. But uh, yeah, Nard, nice job.
0: Nard Dog did exactly what we expect of him. It's why he'll be a great coach at Michigan State next year, and it was excellent. So Ryan, anything else you want to talk about from week seven?
2: Well, since Dan already covered Penix and Nardog, I will uh, go with the 3rd the third biggest story to me last weekend. TCU is going to be a play for the rest of this season with freshman quarterback Josh Hoover. Mm-hmm. Tom, in his first career start, he was 37 of 58. For four thirty nine and four touchdowns, two picks. How many f- freshman quarterbacks in their first career start are going to get fifty eight pass attempts? By the way, they won forty four to eleven. It's not like they had to come from behind. And he was chucking it all. Like it's ridiculous. Like TCU, Sonny Dykes, watch out. He might have uh, a new quarterback and. TCU might be a fun play the rest of this year with Josh Hoover. So that was my big takeaways. Keep an eye on TCU overs. If they're going to throw the ball 55, 60 times a game, it's going to be fun. Yeah. And I, I, you
0: know, I'm not the first one to make this comment, but very weird. that TCU's started the wrong guy two years in a row. And last year, you know, they managed to make the switch. And, uh, obviously got to the championship game and this year looks like, uh, it'll be the freshman going forward and they're going to be a formidable opponent. Who knows? Maybe they could win out or, you know, go 10 and two after what looked like a shaky start. So there you go. The great coaches, we always say this, Nick Saban did it. The great coaches are not afraid to make the switch, the personnel switch when they really need to. And it's tough, especially at quarterback. It's tough to go to the backup because if they don't win right away, you look like an idiot, but the great coaches will do it. All right. There's a lot of other stuff we can talk about, including an amazing Iowa underperformance, but we're going to get into all of this. I think when we do the lines and so Dan, let's just get started and see where the night takes us.
1: All right, Tom. Uh lots to get to. So let's go right to Saturday. We'll start off. Big game. Mississippi State at Arkansas. Um Ryan, Arkansas minus six and a half somehow. Total 48. Is this Sam Pittman's last game?
2: Um I don't think it's his last game unless this gets ugly. If they as long as even if they lose, if they lose close. I think he's okay still, but it's not looking great. And I'm going to keep dying on this hill. Give me Arkansas minus a six and a half. I don't like Mississippi state at all. So I'm going to die. I'm going to die with KJ. Z, any
1: thoughts on this one?
2: Uh,
0: This is a noon game. It's of medium interest. Uh, But today I'm only interested in big noon games, Dan. So let's move it along.
1: All right, big noon game. Let's continue on. UCF at Oklahoma. Oklahoma minus 17.5, total 67. We need Oklahoma to lose a game, folks, and I'll tell you why. Uh, if Oklahoma loses a game and both Oklahoma and Texas have one loss and they meet each other in the Big 12 title game and someone finishes with one loss, that's fine. If Washington loses one of the games in the regular season, but still makes the Pac 12 title game and wins the Pac 12 title game. A one loss Washington will get into the playoff over a one loss Big 12 team. So I'm waiting for the Oklahoma choke job. This might be it. UCF is weird enough where this game could be close. I'm going to take UCF in the 17 and a half. I don't know why. Um, I just have a weird feeling this game is going to be closer than you think. Early start. I think Oklahoma was on a bye last week. And, um, I don't know. I like the 17 and a half. Ryan, do you have any thoughts on this one?
2: Dylan Gabriel going against his former team.
1: Fuck. Forgot about that. He's going to, yeah,
2: it, it, this is going to be a slaughter, I think Gus Melzahn doesn't know what the fuck he's doing.
1: I, I, I've not placed this bet yet. I may not place this bet. <laughs> Thank you for the correction. Tom, any thoughts on this before we get on to other big 9am games?
0: Getting, getting bigger but not quite big enough for me to comment yet. Next.
1: All right, fine. Okay. Um, all right, fine. Penn state at Ohio state, Ohio state minus four and a half total 45 and a half Ohio state six and zero. Oh. uh, they beat Notre Dame who we don't know if they're any good or not. Still can't tell even though they wax USC. um, Penn State's look great, but they haven't played anybody either. Um, Drew Aller, first really big road game for him. Penn State seems to have the team finally to beat Ohio State. I'm not sure if I have the balls to pull the trigger. I need a bold prediction. And let's start with Ryan with a bold prediction for this game.
2: I mean, the boldest prediction I can make is that what I said, I think, in week two or three on Take the Points. Drew Aller's the best quarterback in the big 10 and this is how teams win games is the quarterback. The best quarterback shows up. I think they have the best quarterback and I think Penn state wins this game outright.
1: All right, Tom, it's your forum. Go right ahead. Enjoy.
2: Ah, uh,
0: uh, this isn't big enough. I'm looking more at like a UNC. No, I'm just kidding. Of course. This is the one game I'm looking forward to most so far this whole season as a Penn State fan, but also just as a college football fan, Oregon-Washington, we said, was the first like big marquee game of the season. This is the second. This has just such immense implications. There are, of course, tiebreakers and ways that the team who loses this could still make the Big Ten Championship, but it really puts you at a huge disadvantage. So you really need to win this game if you want to be in the playoff picture. So the stakes have never been higher. As you mentioned, Drew Aller from Ohio player of the year, Kyle McCord is actually from Philadelphia. So it's like a, a little QB wife swap situation, um, which is weird, you know, first off, you talk about Penn state, let's talk about how Penn state's different this year from previous years. Cause obviously everybody knows at this point, Ohio state's won this game. I think uh, 11 of the last 12 years or something like that. And it's been very competitive, but Penn state just can't quite get over that hump. And that's been the story the last few years. And especially leading up to this year, like when's Penn state actually going to go from a very good team to an elite level playoff caliber team. So Here's what's changed with Penn state that puts them, I think, up on the same level as Ohio state, at least this year, the recruiting's number one, they've always had good defenders. They had Micah Parsons. They had uh, our man, Joey Porter Jr., who looks awesome on the Steelers this year. They don't have a guy quite that big time. Kalen King is going to be a first round pick. Chop Robinson looks like a first round pick, but they're as deep on the defense as they ever have been. 19 players have a tackle for loss on Penn State this year, which is amazing to me. Um, I know you said they haven't played an awesome schedule, but scoring 31 on Iowa and beating them 31-0, I think is an, it's a quality win. The West Virginia win looks like a quality win. West Virginia's 4-2. I mean, it's not the best, but it's solid. Beating Illinois 30-13, to you know, they did what they're supposed to do against every team. Even Delaware and UMass, they beat them 63-nothing. Nobody's going to give them credit for that, but if you're a good team, that's what you do. You you blow teams out and you shut them out and you score in the 60s and you know, we look back at like championship level teams or really elite level teams and they show it even against those weak teams. And so Penn State's looked great all year. Penn State has the number 1 defense in the country overall. For all, you know, all stats combined, number one scoring defense, number one yards per play defense. They have right now the best defense by almost any measure in the whole country and uh, the offense. So this is where it's weird. So Penn State, the last several years has had, you know, Sean Clifford and Trace McSorley chucking the ball around. They've had KJ Hamler, Jahan Dotson, Godwin, Mike Gusecki, Saquon, Miles Sanders, all these skill position guys, and they couldn't get it done. And the reason they couldn't get it done is because they always lost in the trenches. Their O-line was never that great under James Franklin. Their D-line could never get the pressure needed. As I mentioned, their defense looks great. Tons of tackles for losses. The offensive line this year is by far the best in Franklin's tenure. Olu Fashanu, many people have him going as the second overall pick behind Caleb Williams. We'll see about that, but you know, definitely a first round, probably lottery pick. They don't have the lottery in football, but you know what I'm saying? Um, so the offensive line looks great. They have two outstanding running backs in Allen and uh, Singleton, Nicky Singles, and their tight end play is great. So they're the opposite of whatever they've been the last few years. And this is why as a Penn State fan, I feel better going into this game than I have. Uh, on the other side, Kyle McCord does not look on the level of, um, you know, your Justin Fields, your uh, Strouds. Like We all agree, right? He seems like a step down from those guys. I'm not saying he's horrible, but he hasn't played the way that they have. Ohio State has injuries. Abuka, uh, Travion, Mayan Williams, all three of the running backs are injured. Now they're being very coy and there's a good chance they'll all play but they're not all going to be 100%. So on paper, I mean, I could go on, but you get the point. On paper, everything points to this being the year for Penn State. And when you're getting five points, I think taking the points with Penn State is the smart bet. Now, as a Penn State fan, I'm shell-shocked from a dozen years of losing this game, or the one time they won was on a the kick six, which was, I'm not going to say it's a fluke, but you know, it's not a sustainable model for winning games. So it's hard as a fan to get over that hump of believing your team can win when you've just been owned by the same team. And then you're going on the road and their fans are going to be riled up. The average ticket price is like $750 for this game. So it's a a hot property. You've still got Marvin Harrison Jr. Best receiver in all college football out there. And, uh, you still got Ryan day who, despite his flaws is a great, um, play calling tactician on the field, uh, definitely better than James Franklin as an in-game coach. So I'm scared, but, uh, this is the year I'm actually going to do it. I think Penn state's going to pull it off. And, um, here's the, the other thing I'll say, this is a tricky bet. The under seems like the bet based on everything I've said, Penn state, best defense in the country, Ohio state actually is like the second or third best defense in the country, depending on how the stats go yards per play. As I mentioned, Penn state one, Ohio state's actually number two and they're the number three in the scoring defense. So it all makes sense that this would be a low scoring game, kind of like the Notre Dame, Ohio state game, but 45 points, there's only been one Penn state, Ohio state mashup in the last like 10 years that was under that, and it was exactly 45. So it was a half a point under what the line is now. So I'm telling you, I just don't see it going under, even though every sign points to that. These teams always score points. I think Penn State gets it done and wins 27-24 in Ohio State. I'm scared as hell, though. And by the way, Big Noon sucks and should be banned, as I've said many times so that's always an X factor, you know, 19-year-olds not wanting to play at noon or 11 central time. So ban, big noon. This should be a night game. Also, Ohio State doing the scarlet out is incredibly lame, especially against the creator of the, you know, color out type games. So I'm feeling it this year, guys. Penn State.
1: Okay, Tom, thank you for that breakdown. Question for you. Who's covering the silencer and can he cover him?
0: Kalen King will be on Marvin Harrison Jr. Kalen King is currently projected as the number 13 overall pick in the NFL draft. So he's not quite the level of Joey Porter, but uh, a very capable defender. And I'm sure they'll have safety help as well. Penn State's got a good, pretty solid secondary.
1: All right, Tom, uh, I'm not going to pick a side. I want Penn State to win, but I will not lose money betting against Ohio State taking under a touchdown at the horseshoe. I will bet the over, though. I I agree with that. I think both offenses are capable enough to score some points. So I'm going to take the over, uh, but if Penn State wins 27-13, to I'll be happy to lose that bet. So that's where I'm at on this game. Um, all right, we're gonna do a quick uh, rapid fire 12:30 slot, and then we're gonna del- We're gonna we're gonna really, uh, you know, get into some some unique matchups here at 12:30. But there's the 12:30 slot this week, aka the 3:30 on the East Coast, is out of line. There's some weird fucking games. So I just want to quickly talk about four or five games, then we'll talk about some more in depth if you don't mind. All right, uh, South Carolina at Missouri. Ryan, is Missouri for real? Seven and a half, total 59.
2: No, Missouri is not for real. Uh, I do not believe in them. I have not
1: believed in them
2: for the last two seasons. I just, I don't see it. And I'm going to go ahead and take the points. Or no, they're, they're favored.
1: Yeah, seven and
2: a half. Oh, God. Yeah, I'll take the points.
1: Okay. I like the over 59. Both defenses are not great. Uh, We saw LSU score a bunch on Missouri. South Carolina has given up a ton to everybody. I like over 59. All right, let's continue on. Rapid fire. Wisconsin at Illinois. Wisconsin minus two and a half, total 41. Tom, does this game get to 41?
0: Probably not. I had a really hard time with this. I thought it's a potential your opinion is wrong game.
1: No, it's not. I don't
0: love either of these, but I think Wisconsin, God, it's so hard to pick either of these teams. Just stay far away, everyone. Stay away. The under is probably the bet if you have to.
1: Very good, Tom. All right. Northwestern and Nebraska, total 40 and a half. Tom, will this reach 40 and a
0: half? All right. Now see the problem with the last game, Wisconsin, Illinois, it's a little too good. It doesn't qualify for, you know, the, the sick in the head, big 10 fans, but there are some games for people like me who love the Washington, Oregon games, love the Penn state, Ohio state games, and also love Iowa, Minnesota type games. This is more toward the latter. This is going to be one of the ugliest games you see all year. Uh, I guess Nebraska's, I didn't watch Nebraska last week. I don't know how a uh, new quarterback Heinrich Himmler third did, but he seemed pretty bad on paper. So I don't know, man. The under has got to be the play, of course, but it's hard to imagine Northwestern beating anyone this year. They're pretty bad.
1: All right, Tom, I'm going to have to penalize you for that segment. This is a rapid fire zone. We don't have time to talk about this in detail. All right, I'll I'll, I'll
0: be good, but if you put Minnesota-Iowa in the rapid fire, I'm going nuts. I'm not. I need 20 minutes on that game.
1: I'm saving it. Quickly, South Florida at UConn, South Florida minus one and a half. Can UConn get this done on Saturday, Tom? Yes. Okay, good. Nice and short. Well done. And Ryan, Pitt at Wake Forest, Wake Forest minus one and a half, total 45 and a half. Two in a row for Nardog or classic Wake Forest easy money line here?
2: Neither. This is the stay away. (laughs) This is the stay away under game. No one's scoring in this game. This game, the highest this game can get is 17-13. Doubters, All right, very the good. doubters, the Christian Vaire doubters. Veyer. Pitt's getting
0: bowl eligible, fellas. Get ready, and it starts again. Well, it started last week, but it continues this
1: week. They're gonna go six and six and end up in the like Sun Bowl out in El Paso. I'm looking forward yes, to that, it, which they were last year. By the way, hundred
0: percent so. correct. It's that or the Belk Bowl. No others.
1: Fantastic. Okay, now let's dive into a couple other 12:30 games in more detail. Washington State at Oregon. Uh, are you guys aware that Arizona went to Washington State last week and won 44 to 6 and beat, yeah. ranked Washington State by 38 points? There are new freshman quarterbacks thrown for over 300 in every game, playing Arizona, USC, and Washington State. Washington State as a team ran for 30 yards on 25 attempts, and Cam Ward was held under 200 yards passing. Something in the water down in Tucson. Well, there always is something in the water down in Tucson. There's weird people down there. But there's something else positive in the water this time going on in Tucson. Uh, will Oregon have a hangover, or will they absolutely blow the doors off of Washington State this week, Ryan? Oregon manage 20, total 61?
2: This is such a hard game because it, it both teams looking to rebound Oregon after a Crushing, you know, heartbreaking last second loss. Washington State just getting embarrassed at home. Now they get to get the hell out of Dodge and get on the road. I think Washington State's going to put on a pretty good show. I think they're going to keep this game competitive. Oregon looks looked really good. I love that run game. Bucky was just uh, really, really good. If he can repeat that, it'll be close. The back door will be open. But I kind of like Washington State to cover this.
1: I have no idea. I'll probably lay it with Oregon. Uh, if Arizona's D-line was able to shut down Washington State, Oregon should destroy them. Alright, let's move on. 12-30 game again. Tennessee at Alabama. Alabama squeaked by Arkansas last week. Tennessee's 5-1 and one, ranked 17th somehow. On paper, this is the number 11 ranked team hosting the number 17 ranked team. Alabama minus 9.5, total 48. In reality, it's like the 24th ranked team at the fifth ranked team. Um, I'll take this one. I love Alabama in the spot. I think that line's too low based on what happened last week. I think Joe Milton sucks. I think Alabama at a, at a prime CBS Vern Lundquist start time game is going to murder Tennessee. And uh, this is their ascent to. Um, trying to backdoor the playoff is very possible and you know with Brock Bowers out for Georgia who knows what happens but later in the nine and a half confidently Bama's gonna blow the doors off of Tennessee that's my prediction on this week Ryan thoughts yeah I, I
2: actually totally agree I was hoping you were gonna say that because I totally I agree completely I, I think Alabama hammers them in this spot here
1: see any thoughts on this one
2: Two thoughts. I agree with you, although I don't think it's
0: going to be quite a blowout, but I think Alabama is the better team for sure. And so I think that's the side you have to take. Also remember the beginning of the season, you know, we've talked a lot. I know we're bragging about how right we are or our great predictions, but we have been on a roll the last couple of years. All I heard going into the season, Joe Milton, what a cannon arm. He can throw it from Knoxville to Nashville in the air And we came on and we were like, yeah, so could Jamarcus Russell. Like that doesn't make you a good quarterback. And Joe Milton wasn't that good at Michigan. He wasn't that good at Tennessee, wherever he ends up next year, probably Arkansas state. He'll be great at that level. But in terms of this big time college football, you know, he's just, you know, he doesn't have the accuracy as a passer. So I'm sorry to say that, but it's just a huge drop off from where they were last year with Hooker. So, Alabama and everybody listen to us when you know we don't get everything right but we know we know these things. We have a sense, you know, 40 years of watching college football. You just get a sense for these things.
1: Real quick, uh remaining Alabama schedule, home against Tennessee, then they get a bye week, home against LSU, at Kentucky, home against Chattanooga at Auburn. So, What's the toughest game
0: for for Alabama? What's the toughest game of those? Not on paper, but but in practice.
1: LSU still, because uh, they can score points, but their defense is historically bad. Um, Moral of the story, I see Alabama uh, winning their side of the SEC and facing Georgia with one loss and controlling the playoffs in their hand. Is there a chance Alabama beats Tennessee, LSU, and Georgia in a row to make the playoff? Yes. Um, so anyway, you Alabama mentioned is far it. from dead.
0: You mentioned it, but that Brock Bowers injury is so immensely huge because he's been an outsized part of their offense this year as compared to the last couple of years. I, I think that is a game changer in the SEC.
1: Very true. All right, two more twelve thirty games to get to. We'll start with, well, Tom, Minnesota travels to Iowa. Iowa minus three and a half. Total 30 and a half. Is that a first half? No, that's a full game total, 30 and a half. Um, go ahead, Tom.
0: So first off... Do you think it will get to our coveted 29? No No. chance. Okay. I don't think it will either, which is unfortunate. If Vegas had the courage, this, this would have been about a 27 point total, but they just can't do it. So, you know, 14, 13 sounds about right. So we know this is going under, uh, Iowa just completely inept on offense. Deacon Hill, zero touchdowns for the year since coming in in two games. Even Cade McNamara only had four touchdowns on the year when he was the starter. So we have no faith in the Iowa offense. Iowa will probably score a punt return or defensive touchdown, but they're still not going to get there. I don't think Minnesota rather. I don't think they're scoring more than three points this game. I think this game's going to be 10 to three, honestly. So I think the prediction's easy. But the reason I want to talk about this game is a little bit different. Let me get my stat sheet out so I have this exact. So uh, everybody knows that the Iowa women's basketball team last week when Iowa was on the road, they played a game in Kenick Stadium. And Caitlin Clark, the Iowa star, scored 34 points in that game. And the joke was that that was more points than Iowa's offense had scored in Kenick Stadium since 2021. Now, Iowa, of course, has had games where they scored higher than 34, but the offense has not. Those were games where the defense contributed. Iowa's defense or special teams has scored every game this year, Um, except, you know, obviously not Penn State where they scored nothing. But, um, yeah, like they can't even go a game without the defense or special team scoring. Like that's the only way they win. People are wearing shirts of the punter to the game but here's the stat that I wanted to Google after I heard that Caitlin Clark thing. Was Caitlin Clark the leading scorer for Iowa this season? Since the football season started, who has scored the most points, not just in Kinnick stadium, but for Iowa sports for the entire now we're now in week eight, 34 points. Do you guys want to make a prediction? Has any player on Iowa scored more than 34 points?
1: No, no.
0: Who do you think is the leading scorer on Iowa? Kicker. Kicker. (laughs) So, uh,
1: defense team defense.
0: So it's not much of a surprise. Cade McNamara has four touchdowns on the season. So, you know, if we're not giving him extra points, then that is what? 24 points. So he's 10 below. And then Eric all who's now injured their best scoring threat. He had three touchdowns. Drew Stevens, the kicker 50 points on the season. So the kicker of Iowa is the leading scorer of the last eight weeks for Iowa. Caitlin Clark second Cade McNamara third. So it was close folks, but an Iowa football player is the leading scorer during the Iowa football season but no offensive player on Iowa has more than 34 points or even 34 points, including their quarterback who started six games. Not good. 10 to Very three, bad. 10, three0 offensive touchdowns this week. That's my prediction. Ryan, you
1: want to give us a prediction, an exact score prediction on this shit bag game?
2: Uh, 16.6 Iowa.
1: Okay, I'm gonna bet under 26 at plus 182. That's what I'm gonna do. That's the lowest number I can find on any gambling sites. 26 is a lot of points, Tom. That's like nine field goals, and that's like two that more than in.
0: Cade McNamara scored all year.
1: Yeah, no. 26 minnesota scored 10 against nebraska 13 against uh someone else and like 10 against michigan so they're gonna score six against iowa which means i got i got 20 points to play with with iowa Mm -hmm. no 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 that's not coming in i will send you the bet slip when i bet the under 26 all i bet this week
0: i think the I, I think iowa minus four is a pretty good bet in this game as well oh
1: i can't lay any points minnesota might win six three i'm not i can't do that that is possible okay okay one more 12 30 game uh oklahoma state at west virginia we have reached the your opinion is wrong segment this pit's the Oklahoma state Cowboys and Mike Gundy traveling to the state of West Virginia to take on Neil Brown and the West Virginia Mountaineers coming off of a hail Mary loss. Ryan West Virginia minus three and a half total 49 and a half. This is like being, being, being (laughs) like, this is like having to choose between being eaten by a shark or burned alive. There is no right answer. (laughs) Go right ahead and
2: choose your side and total. Oh, man. Uh, I kind of had a feeling (laughs) this might be this game because I have no idea. Uh, I cannot believe the way West Virginia blew that game last week. I cannot, cannot, cannot believe that game. With that being said, I am going to take the home team Because it is an impossible place to play. And I'm going to take the over after last week's score fest. And the fact that Gundy seems to have a bit of an offense these days. So West Virginia and the
1: over. West Virginia and the over. Both wrong. Uh, So you're betting on Neil Brown, who's been on the tarmac for far too long. Do not be uh, fooled by their alleged 4-2 record. He still could be fired at any moment. Um, Keep in mind that you're betting an over with a team that scored 15 against Penn State, 17 against Pitt, 20 against Texas Tech, and 24 against Mighty TCU. Those are not world-class defenses. They're playing a hot Oklahoma State team coming off two big home wins. They have a letdown spot off the Hail Mary not looking good. I can't see them. I see a low scoring game and Oklahoma state pulling it out. Now, Tom, what do you like in this game?
0: So, you know, normally I would laugh at Ryan about those ridiculous predictions, but you know, I actually understand how he got there and it makes sense on paper with West Virginia being um, somewhat tough team, but, Obviously it's wrong because after last week's debacle and losing on a hail Mary, that's the kind of like soul crushing loss where your season just goes in a downward spiral. So West Virginia's toast this year. And that means Oklahoma state will definitely win this game. However, it is still tough going all the way into the country roads of West Virginia. So they will be sluggish and Oklahoma state will have to win with defense, not often. So easy, easy pick. Oklahoma State plus the under.
1: Oklahoma State and under both incorrect. Tom, you're you're all hopped up on Oklahoma State after their big winning streak, beating two Kansas teams in a row at home. whoopty fucking do. That's there. Like no one cares about those two wins. It's Kansas and Kansas State. Now you're telling me they're going to get on a plane and fly to West Virginia and beat West Virginia? No chance at all. This time of year, the students have been drinking for six weeks straight since late August when they showed up. It's going to be a total mess. It might snow in the mountains already. This time of year, it's hard to say. And you like an under? Wrong. Uh, Kansas uh, game last week, 71 points. Uh week before that, uh, I- Iowa State scored 34 on Oklahoma State. Don't forget South Alabama dropped 33 in a 33-7 win against Oklahoma State. Last week, there was an 80-point score in the West Virginia-Houston game, so how is that going to stay low? Bad picks all around, guys. I don't know what you're all thinking. Can I just
0: add, you know, of course I love this segment, but here's how good this segment is and how accurate you are. And first off, you get so much more data as we go later in the season. So your rebuttals get better and better. Um, You totally just shot us both down in ways that made me feel even (laughs) stupid, even though I picked it as a joke. Like I felt like an idiot as you're doing that explanation. So it's not only funny, but this week it is 100% correct. You cannot pick anyone.
1: No, that, that game's really, really fucked up. I mean, both teams have scored, have had low-scoring games and high-scoring games. They're Jekyll and Hyde teams, Jekyll and Hyde coaches. It's in West Virginia, easily the weirdest state in the Union by far. Uh, I mean, you can't bet that game. It's impossible to bet. So, like, Vegas is like, okay, uh, home team minus three and a half, and total 50, Good luck. I I want to try. I want to try something here.
0: I want to try something. I want you both. Don't say anything, but in your heads, think about the total points you think will be scored in this game between both teams. And then I'm going to count to three. I want us to all say our numbers at once and let's see how close or far off we are. All right. Ready? Here we go. One, two, three, 36. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All over the map. I said 36,
1: okay. 36, 63. I said 58. Someone um, um, let me make the, make a note here. Are you guys are some, we'll, you
0: guys are somewhat close, but I had a feeling that, right. that we were going to have about a 30 point swing. Tom
1: 36, Dan 58, Ryan 63. All right. Okay, Let's see.
0: Great. Whoever's, whoever's closest gets a slice of Altoona pizza on the loser.
1: Uh, it, or I guess it goes in reverse. Funny,
0: Whoever wins sends a slice of al tuna pizza to the, the loser. If you
1: add up those three numbers, it equals 157. You divide it by three, that gets you 50.6, which is the over-under <laughs> of the game, by the there way. There you go. So Beautiful. We, we, did, we did set the number, but that's how we do it right there.
0: Isn't it funny um, that I was so bad, and math was by far my worst subject growing up, and now... I I was at work the other day and people are asking for numbers and I'm blurting them out. And it's like, Oh, you're pretty quick with math. And I can't tell anybody that it's all because of gambling and some, and some like um, construction projects and stuff, you know, tape measures and gambling have made me good at math more than Mrs. Young ever could.
1: Whatever it takes Tom. Okay. Uh, you know what? Let's uh, stay at twelve thirty, real quick. Let's go to the MAC. Uh, you know, we got to start paying attention to the MAC, seeing that action begins on Halloween night. By the way, they've been showing this other conference. This I don't know what conference it, it's it's been, but like Sam Houston and Jacksonville State with Rich Rod has been on TV, and Liberty and Louisiana Tech and New Mexico State's gotten more TV time this year than in the last fifty years combined
2: the fun been, belt the fun belt has replaced the maction
1: the fun belt's all fucked up i've i become a ridiculous degenerate and i bet all these games like it's so random like you just close your eyes you're like fiu minus 4 okay and there it is like it is there's no research just bet $25 for something to watch uh anyway let's go to central michigan at ball state central michigan the, the home and birthplace of the CTE gang uh, travels to Ball State, where Central Michigan's laying four and a half, total 41. Ryan, what do you got on the MAC this week?
2: Oh, Dan, I'm glad you asked because I have some things to say about the MAC. And we're going to go deep, deep into the MAC. Because it's the Tarmac edition of the Tarmac. Oh, yeah, that's right. All five spots will be a a Mac coach. Because, guys, we've joked about this for for many years now, that these failed coaches, a lot of times failed Big Ten coaches, are going to wash up in the Mac because regionally it just makes sense. Right. But here's the problem. It hasn't been happening enough. These schools are not taking our advice. They don't listen to take the points. And they don't realize that if they just hire these losers, they're going to keep losing as a conference. They need to hire washed-up good coaches. That's the way to do it. So in honor of that, we're going to jump into the Tarmac Report, Mac edition. And at number five, We're going to Bowling Green, Scotty Leffler. You've been on this list before, and you can't escape coming back. Three and four on the year, one and two in the conference. Maybe the most respectable of the group here, but still, if you've been on the tarmac in three different seasons and you're still kicking around, it's time to go, Scotty. 137 points for 186 against minus 49 on the year. Not terrible. We're going to get to terrible. Don't we worry? Because at number four, Lance Taylor, Western Michigan. Two and five on the year, one and two in the conference. 174 points for respectable 254 against. That's right, 254 with a minus 80 point differential. Not good at all. Number three, we go to this game. And this is why Central Michigan is the easy play in this game because Mike New at Ball State is awful. This team has never really been relevant. So it's no surprise. But, like, come on. Like, you got to do better than this. One in six on the year, 0 oh in three in the conference, 105 points, f- four on the year, 215 allowed. We got a minus 110 point differential in seven games. Eesh, not great. Tom, despite us picking Penn State this weekend, I need to pick against former Penn State coordinator joe moorhead I, i've been awaiting this moment with dread but i
0: knew it was coming
2: oh boy joe moorhead at akron one and six on the year zero oh and three in the conference as well 109 points for 194 allowed we have ourselves a minus 85 point differential for an offensive genius who ran things at eugene oregon go ducks Having a minus 85 point differential is not great. And at number one, the toilet of the Mac, Kent State, Kenny Burns. Oh my God. Guys, one and six on the year, 0 oh and three in the conference. Listen to this. We got ourselves 94 points scored on the year. That's right, 94 in seven games with 240 points allowed with a minus 146-point differential through seven games. Not great at math, but that means they're getting blown out by 21 points a game, 20 points a game, three touchdowns every game they're getting beat by, and that's with a win on the year. Holy cow, guys. The Mac is in desperate need of some coaches. Luckily, as the tarmac progresses this year, we will give them plenty of viable candidates. I'm looking at you, West Virginia. I'm looking at you, Neil Brown. We're going to have ourselves a a Mac revival. We need it because it's bad right now. Really, really bad. Boys, back to you. Let
0: me me say a couple things. First off, great, great insight. It's cool when the tarmac goes in on coaches, some of which I don't even really know anything about. So two things, I have something I want to add, but first before he gets fired, we need to make a Ken Burns style um, documentary about Kenny Burns, or at least a little clip where it's like, dearest Martha, I fear the worst is to come. My team has suffered great losses. Alleg- we'll work on this, but we need him to do that. And a tarmac worthy quote from a coach. I think I have the right coach, but I'm not positive. I think it w- it was a HBCU school. I believe it's South Carolina state and their coach is named buddy Poe. And a reporter asked him after a loss, did you find out more about your team or, or did you learn more about your team after this game? And he said, yeah, we learned more about our team. Unfortunately, the more we
2: learned was bad. Well, that's, that's very Jim Mora-esque. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll dig into that.
0: So, you know, I don't know if he's eligible for the tarmac, but he should just get like an honor, honorary tarmac appearance for being a cool tarmac coach for that quote.
2: I'll dig into it, Tom. Thanks. Compared to
0: Brian Kelly's, you know, fake, his talk about the John McKay quote about executing his team. I feel like this guy pulled it off much better.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Let's move on with some lines. Oh, what did I do? Can you still see me?
0: You are, uh, no, but you, we you, can hear you. You just died. Okay. Soprano style, but we can still hear yep. your
1: voice. I definitely kicked my webcam off mid excitement to talk about Michigan At Michigan State. (laughs) Tom, what is going on with these allegations for Michigan? The funniest line I saw on the internet was, if Michigan was stealing signs from Iowa, it's not an NCAA violation. It's an OSHA violation, (laughs) which is a great (laughs) fucking line by whoever wrote that. Um, I want to be friends with that person. Amazing.
0: Um, Amazing. I I have yeah. not heard that. I haven't really dug into this until uh, really a little good. a little before the podcast. The stealing signs right. is always it's always been a weird one to me because sometimes it just gets completely ignored and sometimes you're was it the Houston Astros and it it's uh, tarnishes you. You people think you're the 1919 White Sox or whatever. So who knows what'll happen with this? If it'll just get swept away, which I'm guessing it will. Cause Harbaugh has committed like 15 violations in his time and never re- really got in trouble for any of them. I mean, the worst thing he ever got was this year when he had to sit out for his tough opening games against, uh, marathon oil, the electoral college and, you know, Hawaii tech. So I'm guessing it'll have no, um, ramifications, but apparently they sent people, you're not allowed to do in-person scouting during the season, which is a rule I was not aware of before, but they sent, um, you know, undercover agents, especially essentially to go to some of these other big 10 stadiums and to look at the play calls and try to steal signs, including against Iowa. So, I mean, come on, man.
1: Absolutely horrible. Um, is this a ruse, for Harbaugh to quit Michigan before their schedule gets h- too hard.
0: So you said this, and this is where I vehemently disagree. I think, oh. I don't think he, there's only one circumstance in which I think he's going to leave Michigan. I don't think he's leaving. I think the, he, if he doesn't win a national championship and falls short again, like the last couple of years, he's going to want to come back and finish the job. If he does win a national championship, he's going to come want to come back and soak in the glory The only situation under which I see him leaving is if he wins a national championship and then goes eight and three the following year and then he leaves. Otherwise, I can't I almost can't see it happening.
1: Okay, sounds good. We don't need to talk about this game, but I just want to talk about that real quick. Let's move on here real quick. Um, Okay, Duke at Florida State. Florida state minus 14 and a half total 49 and a half. A lot of people are hyping up this Duke defense to being one of the best in the country and the strongest in the ACC. Riley Leonard out at quarterback again for Duke. Anyone want to guess how many completions this backup had last week? Anybody? They beat NC state four is the correct number, Tom. Yes. Four completions, four for 12. Spoiler alert, you're not going to Tallahassee and winning with even eight completions this week, or 12, or 16. Uh, this is going to get ugly early. Woodshed. Ryan, thoughts?
2: Yeah, no Riley Leonard, no chance. Florida State runs away with this one. And, uh, and a little little Keon uh, Coleman buzz going here as a top 10, top 12 pick.
1: Very true. Tom, anything to add on
0: this one? Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about Heisman's and most valuable players. The difference between Duke with Riley Leonard, I think they'd cover and give Florida State a real tough test versus without him, I'm I'm with you. I think they get blown out. So you take away Michael Penix and you put in a replacement-level quarterback, and Washington's still a decent team. But Duke goes from a top-10 team to completely awful without one guy. So... Let's get Riley Leonard at least up in New York for the Heisman. He doesn't need to win it, but let's get him there because he's been super valuable. He's the most valuable single player to any team this year in college football. And you see the results when he's out.
1: That's an exaggeration, Tom. I disagree.
0: What player would you take away from what team that would make a bigger difference?
1: Cale Williams, Penix.
0: They've got, I mean, they've got other guys who are good there. Like we, we, how, we don't How
2: we do know this.
0: Okay. First off, I, I know Penix would be a huge loss. So he's in the conversation, Caleb Williams. Uh, sorry, but you take him out of the game against Notre Dame and they still lose by 24 points.
1: Got some ACC bias and I don't like it. We're going to move on.
0: <laughs> Drake may, if I'm number one pick, I'm taking Drake may baby.
1: I think you're right too. Um, I think Caleb might be a total prick too. Caleb wants, I don't know.
0: It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to tell how accurate some of these reports are, but I saw a report that he's trying to get owners, like a stake of ownership in whoever drafts him.
1: He's out of his mind. Uh, Okay. Lock of the week right here. Army at LSU. LSU minus 32. No chance. You know, you know, Brian Kelly. You know he's waiting to beat someone 63 to nothing. They beat Auburn last week 48-10 by 38. Army got shut out 19 nothing last week against Troy. Well, guess what? They're getting shut out again for the second week in a row, and LSU's dropping 60. I have no problem laying this 32. I'm going to take the highest alt line I can find with LSU as well too. They score in every possession. I'm guessing 55 to three. That's my prediction for this game. Ryan, it's Brian Kelly special. He's
2: it, this, yeah. This is the urban. This is the Urban Meyer Brian Kelly prick coach beatdown.
1: <laughs> yes, it is. We've seen this before. Do not have any fear. There will be starters in the game in the fourth quarter.
0: No, with all that's going on in the world these days, for you to go against the U.S. military like that, I believe you will be on a terrorist
2: watch list by Monday, Dan. Not against the military. If you say Air Force is the best football program in Colorado, then you're covered. Not I'm already on a ter- yes.
1: terrorist watch list, Tom. I'm already on the list. I can't, I can't be on there twice. Um, okay, let's continue on. Utah at USC. Someone had a good quote. They said, you know, Oregon, Washington, USC all vying to be the the the, the, the top team in the Pac-12, while Utah is just sitting there with a the hammer, waiting to smash Maul in the head <laughs> with the with the hammer later this year, which is probably true. Correct. Um, got I wish Cam Rising was playing for you for Utah because they would definitely beat USC. Um USC minus seven, total fifty-three, Ryan. Do it.
2: This is, I mean, you said it, Dan, it's, it's cam rising. If he was playing in this game, this would be so perfect. This is such a a perfect spot for them, but USC is not going to lose two games in a row. I love Utah. Utah has been a Tinder team. Um, I think more than once, but, yeah, two or three years in a row, they were, they
0: invented the Tinder team for us.
2: Yeah, I just, I just can't. Oh, God. I just, I want to pick them so bad. I want to pick an under really bad too. So I'm going to go ahead and say, Oh, God. Do it. This is a stay, this is stay away for me. This is, I can't, I can't do it. Oh, it
0: hurts that it's in. California. If it was in Utah, it would be a totally different ball game. I'm going to wait. And if this line gets a point or so higher, I'm going to take Utah at seven. It's tough. If I can get it at eight, I like it. Utah's good. Again, I wish they had camerizing, rising, but you know, they, they play them tough every year. They're the type of team that's designed to beat this USC team.
1: Yeah. I mean, Utah beat UCLA 14-7. It's like, I don't know. Their quarterback last week was really efficient against Cal. They scored 34 points. By the way, did you see Utah converted um a player from their defense to start at running back last week and he had 15 carries for 158 and two touchdowns. Uh his last name's VAKI. First career rushing ever. He's a safety. They moved him to starting at running back and he killed everybody. So the game plan is going to be hand him the ball 35 times. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm talking kind of like about right up under, right up the middle.
2: Yeah. Cause, uh, Brant, uh, Keithy or whatever, the tight end, he's questionable as well. So he's, he's been week out, like to all week. year. Yeah. He's yeah. week to week. Like cam rising. They're just being real coy about it. But, uh, I mean, if those two were playing, I, I would probably not even hesitate, but, Without them, I just can't see USC losing two games in a row.
0: I don't think they're going to lose, for the record. I just think it'll be very close. Notre Dame exposed them, not just scoring all the points, but the way they did it. Notre Dame found their identity. They've got a big, tough running back, and they just pounded it with them. And USC couldn't hold up under the pressure, and, and you know it got away from them. And Utah's now got this tough running back, and they could do the same thing. So... They don't have um, Cam Rising there to make some big plays, but they can keep it close.
1: True. Okay, I got two more games to talk about, and then you can add on whatever you'd like. Clemson at Miami. Unranked Clemson at unranked Miami. Ooh, boy. One of these two teams is going to be 4-3 and after this with three conference losses after this game, which is pretty wild. I watched Miami-UNC last week because I bet the over, and I'm glad I did. Miami looked good in the first half and then awful in the second half, like they couldn't function as a team. Their defense looked terrible. Van Dyke looked great in the first half and terrible in the second half. I don't know what's going on with that team, but I can't wager on them anytime soon. Um, As much as I don't think Clemson's great, I like Clemson minus the three here. And I'm not sure on the total, but uh, give me Clemson minus the three to win and sneak back in the top 25, at like number 21 on the next poll. Uh, Ryan, what do you think?
2: Yeah, you're probably right, Dan. This is this is another your opinion is wrong candidate. This is a tough one to to pick, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you're probably right. I'd probably lean to Clemson here, even though they're on the road.
1: Z, thoughts?
0: This is a weird one. I'm with you on this. Clemson's a better team top to bottom. They've got the depth. They've got the better players. Miami, I give Cristobal one more year to get his guys, his quarterback, his system, all that stuff. And then next year is when I'll really start judging how he's done or how he's doing. But I think Clemson's more well-rounded at this point. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay. One more game I want to talk about. Arizona State at Washington. Washington at home, minus 26.5, total 59.5. Look, you know how much I like this Washington team and have all year and all last year. But do not wager on them this week or next week. This week's all about staying healthy, just winning, style points are not necessary, Arizona State's sneakily been playing better football. They played that USC game where they lost by 14 at home, and they lost their last two weeks both by three points. Their quarterback, they finally found one. He's thrown for over 300 yards as well in the last two weeks. We should have been parlaying the Arizona quarterbacks over 300 yards the past three weeks, as they've all they both went three for three somehow. 26 and a half's a lot to lay. I just want Washington to win. Give me a 34-17 win and get the hell out of there. I don't care one bit about this. I'm not laying the points. I'm staying away. Uh, Anything to add on this one, gentlemen? No, I don't think so. That's pretty standard. Just avoid this one at all costs. And that is all I have. Tom, what games would you like to add, if any?
0: Well, we kind of um, glossed over it, but I do think Michigan is going to run all over the little brother, Michigan state this year. Michigan state just doesn't have it. And Michigan is um, best, best in class in the big 10 so far. So I, I think they crush them another kind of 45 to seven type win. Ryan,
1: anything to add?
2: Um, Ole Miss at Auburn, Auburn sucks. Uh, yeah, Ole, no. Ole Miss, it's less than a touchdown, minus six and a half. I mean, if you can get it for under a touchdown, I think that's a really good play. I really think Auburn's in rough shape. Um, speaking of in rough shape, Trent Dilfer, UAB, <laughs> they're terrible as well. Memphis with a bounce-back game after that, giving away the the two lane game last week. I think they bounced back on the road, go down to Birmingham and uh, that's another minus six and a half. So you can get both those games under a touchdown. I think that's a nice little parlay there. So that's my play this week. I like the um, Memphis game a lot and lane.
1: All right. Uh, that's all the lines I have for this week. Tom, any final thoughts?
0: I don't really have anything non football I really want to talk about this week.
1: Sorry, I was going to say it's the worst NFL season uh, statistically in like 25 years for real. Like lowest Socks. scoring, um, red zone efficiency. It's just sloppy. There's nobody practices anymore in the season 17 game. So never, it, it's, it's devalued a little bit of the regular season. Yeah, it's injuries. It's 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 absolutely like this past week was the worst football ever. I mean, you have like Chiefs Broncos Thursday night. That should be good, right? Nineteen eight. Then you had like Bills Giants what, Sunday night football. What was that mm-hmm. like 14-9 or whatever four, the hell 14, that was? Nine,
0: yeah. And the Bills. I mean, the Bills. What the fuck sl- was that? Slept Sleepwalked. Sleep I don't horrible. know how you say that in the past tense, but you know, they didn't, they weren't awake for most of that game. And again, it, I guess but it makes sense. 17 games. Got to go to London. Got to come back from London. It's a team no with a backup quarterback who used to be on your roster. No practices. They don't care. Josh Allen's off filming commercials and TikToks and shit. So
1: it's, it's so bad. I and, think, um, yeah. Did you see how much the contract extension is for Roger Goodell? Did anyone see that number?
0: No, he got a contract extension.
1: Three years, seven hundred million.
0: Jesus! Well, he's done such a great job, Dan.
1: Almost two hundred fifty million a year to be commissioner. Two fifty million. Jesus. He's he seems like a guy who really cares about the average man and can relate. I'll you
0: know, I'll do it for two forty.
1: I'll do it for two hundred and forty bucks. That's <laughs> it. Um yeah, unbelievable. It's if you it's Dan, so if bad. you were gonna
0: be the commissioner of the NFL, if you got that job, what would be like your mm-hmm. one or two moves? What would be like the first big thing you did on day one?
1: Honestly, to fix the sport and make it more exciting, I'd I would have to look at speeding the game up somehow. It's too long, it's three and a half hours. Uh Ryan, go ahead. What do you got?
2: NBA this shit. Put fucking sponsors on the jerseys, cut the commercials in half. Let's get this thing going. It's so, it's so many slow. goddamn commercials. We need to sort out the referee situation. They're all gonna be full fucking time. They're gonna be held yeah. accountable. That's yeah. step two.
1: Enough of these old guys running around with chains. It's all gonna be microchipping the ball and Upstairs will tell you if it's a first down, just like in soccer, they tell you mm-hmm. if it's offsides or anything. They're like, hold on. Yep. It was offsides. We, we, uh, we have the film upstairs. Like we don't need any of that shit. Um, that
0: would be my move. Yeah, I, don't is, know. I I didn't even think about microchips and such, but like getting all the refs together and figuring out a way that we can enforce player safety and, you know, make sure that everything's fair while, reducing or almost eliminating the flags. Like, like how do we make this work where there's not a flag on every play? I'm looking at like, there should be, you know, six to eight flags in the whole game, probably. And if we have to change the rules, uh, if you have to allow a little bit of holding, I'm okay with that. I think we got to be more lenient on the rules. You know, the, the hitting people in the head stuff. You know, part of it is just defenders are stupid and like you can make all the rules and they're still going to go smash people in the head. And so you have to enforce that kind of stuff. They can end people's careers. But like the little Jersey grabs, the people complaining, I was I was amazed they didn't call a flag on that last Bills Giants play. But then I thought about it. I'm like, well, it shouldn't be a flag, but I've just gotten so used to them calling everything that I was waiting for. Yeah. So I, I just, I would allow more you know, flags con or allow fewer flags, more contact, more, you know, go back to the way it was a little bit, especially with some of these like Jersey grabs and cheap holds and defensive holds and all that shit. And then you're right. Microchipping the ball, stuff like that, anything that can speed it up and reduce the amount of flags and it all goes together.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously there's been a lot of changes to benefit the offenses. And I think you could, change that a little bit. I think there should be less defensive holding, uh, uh, pass interference. shouldn't be a spot foul. It should be 15 yards. And then on the offensive side, like there's some stupid old rules that you can get rid of, like illegal man downfield, like just get rid of that. Uh, yeah.
0: I've never understood that rule. Like what, what advantage do you really get? If your lineman runs 10 yards downfield, it doesn't really even help you these days.
1: It's pretty stupid. Uh, And then offensive holding, i would almost make legal at this point. I mean, the only time I would
0: call holding is if the guys past you and you reach around and grab him. Like as long as you're in front of him or even like side to side, you can basically hold him and do whatever you want. Once he gets around you and you hook the neck, like you shouldn't allow that.
2: Offensive tackling is illegal. Offensive holding is fine. You just can't tackle the guy, but if you want you to, grab them here, grab them there for good. Totally fine. No, yeah. yeah. Offensive tackling yeah. is the new holding. The other thing, let's make some new jerseys that
0: like you just can't grab. Like let's make some skin tight jerseys that you, your hand just slides off it. You know,
1: it's pretty good. I like
0: that. Dazzle cloth. All right. We'll okay. think this, we'll think this through for a couple of weeks, but I feel like we could have a whole episode fixing the NFL. I like
1: it.
0: All right, folks enjoy the games. Enjoy Penn state, Ohio state enjoy iowa minnesota two ends of the beautiful spectrum that is college football you don't get that in the nfl just a bunch of milquetoast games right down the middle so we've got the highs and the lows and they're all beautiful and that's it tune in next week bye take the point take the point
2: take the point take the point Take the points, Take the point the point the point, the point the point, the point pa- the point.